0: I'm going to Miami, 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 and Kansas City tonight on Dingers, breaking them down.
1: It's time for Dingers
2: welcome to dingers the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people it's not just barbecue that wins you championships that's why <laughs> weekend and weekend we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up og lifestyle tyler child's joined by robbie baseball from the murder room he's thinking about the grill now how you doing that's, tonight robbie i like that barbecue does win
0: you championships
2: that's right <laughs> it's a it's a great start to any fantasy conversation is just barbecue sauce and some beers yeah i'm in
0: i'm in for that um and we're gonna get to talk about kansas city not their barbecue which their sauce is my favorite it is an acid-based sauce um goes very well with alcohol
2: a long time ago someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles in some of these bottles they put juice or milk and that was stupid today only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle.
0: That almost sounded like a video game noise of, uh, yeah,
2: okay. That was it, it was a Blue Jay, like, <laughs> mug <laughs> cup thing. That was part of my stocking this year for my wife she always knows how to do my stockings, right? Like I get Jay's gear and stuff. It's awesome. My wife is the best. Well,
0: that's funny. Cause I think my wife is the best. So lucky us. Yeah. L- lucky us. Yep, um, right. Unlucky though, to be in the Miami Marlins outfield prospect depth, which we will get into tonight. But Ty, do you want to fire us right in with that starting lineup?
2: Yeah, I think so. Let's let's get into it. I think it's interesting that they've spent most of the offseason leading off with Corey Dickerson. Uh I know that's the Yancey, yeah, Yancey. You happy with that, Yancey? I just think it's the opposite. Like I think it needs to be Starlin Marte off the top. And yeah, I don't see any reason why it would be anything else. I don't know if they're just looking at it, you know, giving him some extra at bats and getting him out of the game early so he doesn't have to play an extra inning in the outfield and get hurt before the season starts. Um, (laughs) Mitigating (laughs) risk. But at the same time, like, it just makes sense, because then you slot in righty, lefty, righty. Uh, It's an obvious play here, so I would be shocked if that's not the way they roll out. Starling Marte, one. Corey Dickerson, two, which fits my, I don't even know what you would call it, addiction to having the lefty hit second. Um, Yeah, it's notable. It it is is
0: notable for you to have a lefty second.
2: I've said it a hundred times. Like you, you get a single to lead off the game or a walk ground ball into the hole second with some speed in the one hole. You have a runner on second with one. out. Like that's a great way to start the game. And if the lefty smashes a double into the gap, you're winning, you're up one, nothing. So I, I don't see an argument against it. Whereas a, a chopper to the left side is either probably in all likelihood to the third baseman or the, the shortstop is picking it. Right. But with the first baseman, he's usually covering the bag. So he's going to have less of a tendency to take that hole away. That's why I like the lefty. So it's a logical baseball thing, and it's been a forgotten thing in the sabermetric era. Uh, so we'll leave it there. Behind that group, I'm seeing Aguilar as the obvious one. I'm not sure. You know, we're going to see the same Aguilar bounce back we saw last season. I'm kind of expecting right. a regression back to what we've seen over the last couple of years. There's probably an in between that we'll see here. I was a little shocked they moved Garrett Cooper. Right, like they kind of put all their eggs in one basket here on Angular, but I think it has more to do with somebody we're going to see in the minors. He, uh, Cooper's, Cooper's still on. On the I on thought the he squad. got shipped to the Dodgers. Did my Did I dream that up? You must have. Yeah, I could have sworn I can. I
0: can look. I did not see
2: that when I uh, checked before we started recording tonight.
0: Maybe that was I a rumor a that
2: never came to fruition. That's that could be possible. So.
0: Well, I don't know. Um, It did. I don't know if you know this, um, but Michael Brantley didn't, did not sign in Toronto. I did know that that. was also, that was also a rumor. Uh, I heard that when I was getting my hair cut. (laughs) Okay. I'm, I'm looking, I don't see the trade. I don't see Cooper. He looks like he's going to be on the bench as we've got him. So I, yeah,
2: maybe it happened in the show. So, but it's
0: time for you to wake up. That's right.
2: Uh, (laughs) Before we go, go. And moving on to <laughs> <What>? oh, okay,
0: <laughs> this is going to be a fun one tonight.
2: <laughs> so moving into uh, the backup, a uh, behind Aguilar is going to be Adam Duvall. I could actually see Duvall sliding into the three hole for this team a little bit. Um, do you genuinely think Ty that Duvall can just like go and be the right fielder
0: full time? Like a job he hasn't had in yep. three years. Yeah. Yeah. I, do. I, I I wonder if he's just like the perfect placeholder for the promotion of whomever, right? Because we're going to talk about all the prospect outfielders, but I feel like Duvall is the perfect guy to just have in there for now, right? You've got one year left of Marte. Duvall's on a one-year, um, and you can just start to
2: transition that outfield. There's nothing you can tell me that will change my mind on this, that Sally Marte will not be on this team past the end of July or first couple of weeks of August trade deadline. Yeah, it's okay. Well, like, when we talk about over-under for Miami, we'll have
0: to have the yeah. conversation. People so, don't like him.
2: Yeah, like the, the reality is like, this seems scrappy. I like this team just as a fan of baseball, not necessarily mm-hmm. anything else. But the guy that I think is the most underappreciated person on this team is Brian Anderson by a significant margin. Uh, he's a fairly reasonably good baseball player and has yeah. reasonable production so far in his career. I could see him sliding into that three hole because he's going to give you the most consistent at-bats in this group. Um, And then it gives you a good excuse to let Aguilar hit behind Duvall. Duvall could take some more walks. Aguilar can be the back of the train as a little bit better hit tool. I think that's the perfect way to do this. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what they do with Jazz Chisholm here, who is going to open as the second baseman. It's a good move. I really do. It's going to get them league at bats. I didn't think they were going to pull the trigger on this. We talked about it uh, recently. I can't remember what episode it was. But we did talk about Chisholm just likely probably starting in the minors to get shortstop reps. They felt differently. They want to mess him up and put him at second base. Um, so so they went they went ahead and did that. Um, Jorge Alfaro's the the senior vet here behind the plate. Uh, still just twenty seven. He feels like he's so much older than that. And then bringing it home with Miguel Rojas. So uh, have you seen um, Ted Lasso yet? No TV show. I recommend it. There's a guy named Danny Rojas in it and. Football is life, right? And he just runs around the field screaming "Daddy, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy!" Rojas, and it's just awesome. And he's just a fun kid. And you would like it, the Miguel Rojas version for a correct? I, that's I really want to see it. And if he hasn't done it in spring training at least one time, he's a bad veteran.
0: That's or maybe a, he has bad teammate. Or sorry, maybe he has a teammate who's willing to do it for him. But he's like, hey, hey, let's not do that.
2: Yeah. Either way, someone should have done this in spring training for the Marlins. If it hasn't happened, happened, they need to be reported. Uh, on on this bench, you've got some interesting characters here. John Birdie kind of is the guy that lost out big time in the Jazz Chisholm promotion. That one hurt him probably more than anybody. The not traded Garrett Cooper finds himself on the bench. He could very easily be the regular first baseman here. Like, if Jesus Aguilar is not right, a a reasonable baseball player, like it's going to be Garrett Cooper here. Chad Wallach is the you know token backup catcher that just is very blah. I think he also is technically
0: like at bat wise, still rookie eligible. I I think he might be because he got hurt in 19 and I don't know if he did. Like I, you know, didn't follow the backup catcher job in Miami close enough. My apologies, everybody. Uh, But I remember thinking he, he may have been like a a possible flyer pickup way back when, you know, in 18, when the podcast first started and we were trying to, put some things together i remember coming across his name a few times but he's just not gonna get at bats right like it's al faro's job that's yeah you know, definitely that's the catcher
2: for sure and then you've got Lou, the outfielders uh louis brinson and magnus sierra sierra's a base
0: stealer be... brinson we're
2: i don't know what we're doing with brinson. <laughs> he's a nice like, guy yeah yeah he's very
0: <laughs> very nice very humble um magnus and sierra will steal bases he's a, he's looks like the only lefty off the uh, off the bench at the moment, but that's not his strong point. His strong point is put him in late, let him steal a bag when you need a run. That's that's Sierra. I I have one share of him in Dynasty, and it's in our Real Money Auction League. I certainly hope he can do more. I don't expect more though. You know, fifteen yeah. stolen bases is possible, but also
2: seventy-five at bats is possible too. Well, and and with this team, like there's not a huge grab for fantasy owners. Like I like see Dick as a sleeper if he can stay healthy, right? He's the kind of guy yep. that always gets forgotten because he's always injured. But in, in healthy Corey Dickerson world, like he's a good baseball player. So, you know, we haven't seen too many of those seasons, but one to watch out for here uh this season. Oh, Rob's on the clock. I and... am so I, I'm on the clock, and it's between uh Void who's gonna miss time, Rizzo,
0: Teoscar. Who would you take, Ty? Uh Voight, Rizzo. Rizzo. You
2: you have you, you need some consistency. Go get Rizzo. Nah, you, Oscar, I'm gambling. I'm gambling Oof, in this one. I don't mind it. But anyway, so <laughs> the, the the thing I'm looking at on this team, like a couple of guys, like I'm interested in Chisholm because he does look like he's bulked up a little bit. The power did look a little more intriguing in spring this year. Uh, so I think there's some progression happening for Chisholm. Uh, Starlin Marte is the guy I want to target if I don't own him because I want to see where he gets traded to. I, oh,
0: I so think you think that's... like
2: the second half of the year could be really big for him if he move. Okay. That's the, that's the, I've told you this a hundred times. These are the guys I like to target Robbie. Like I like those guys that I know are going to get moved that will go from like a mediocre Marlins team to somebody like the Red Sox, uh, in, in a, in a huge stretch run. Right. Uh, okay. the Jays, the Jays could potentially go get a Starling Marte kind of like, you know, those kind of guy teams that are close. Right. And need that. Like, that's the kind of rental guy they would chase. In and this. last year they
0: did do that with, with John VR. It, yep. you know, it, unfortunately it went the other way, but I, that's a good point. And the Jays have
2: a huge history trading with the Marlins.
0: Yeah. It, well, if you look now, you can find some dudes who, you know, John birdie being amongst amongst the crew currently on the Marlins, but um, yeah, that would be interesting to see. Okay. So that's, that's what we expect the starters. That's what we expect the bench of the lineup. Um, the pitching situation is and isn't clear so we know alcantara's starting whether you want to call him the ace or not pablo lopez who has such a high adp i really hope he he can make it happen for everybody this year eliza hernandez looks like he's sliding in now that just so everybody knows is a former rule five guy let's always keep in mind rule five guys provide values you know whatever uh trevor rogers who i want to point out ty we did I believe this was like in November, December, something along the lines of who do you think will be the uh, provide the most fantasy value from the uh, Marlins, you know, the next three years or something like that. And I had had Cabrera, Eliza Hernandez, Trevor Rogers. I think Lopez was in that mix too, or other something along those lines. I felt it was going to be Rogers. And then he had a great spring training. He's, earned the job for sp4 on this team right now and i i hope he can run with it he's also going to be their only lefty and then we have the sp5 which i believe scheduling reasons is currently not available uh as a clear-cut guy sixto has been sent down but we believe and let's be realistic by bulk starts for the year it will be Sixto sanchez not that he's the fifth either he will be the the fifth guy not sp5 um so I feel like the Marlins' strongest point here is that starting five when they Absolutely. get to that. And Eliza yeah. Hernandez, you know, good or bad, I think he'll be fine. Pablo L- Lopez, good or bad, he'll be fine. Um, it's Rogers that's the real flyer for me that could help to turn this
2: around. Pablo Lopez scares me. Like, I'm just not anywhere close to as high on him as everybody else is. And I just cannot wrap my head around where the upside is here. Like, He's a middle of the road starter at best. Like he, in our home league draft this weekend, he went in the second round In the second round. Like yeah. But a that six, was to, six player keeper.
0: Wasn't that to Glenn? No Mitch. Oh, well you did say that you weren't proud of his team. No, I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I was not proud of Mitch's team. So yeah, we're definitely going to have eyes on Pablo Lopez to find out what it is that we are not seeing that everybody else seems to be because that ADP, like he's somewhere, I think across all platforms, in redraft in the one thirties, which is insane that in when you relate that to dynasty, that does not compute. No, you know, Lopez is an SP four on a decent team in a 20 plus league. He's not your SP two in any format and certainly shouldn't be viewed as one. So we'll get into the bullpen here. We did do, you know, NL bullpen episodes. So you can always go back if you want that a little bit more in depth, not much has changed. In Miami, you know, it looks like Bass, uh, Yimmy Garcia are gonna be the guys getting the late late inning work to start, uh, Dylan Florial, John Curtis is a kind of a sleepery dude to get some time later. Um, and then you've got like lefty detweiler, uh Bleer. I'm sorry, Richard, yeah. sure I'm saying that wrong. I don't know. And then you've got Adam Simber, Zach Pop, and Paul Campbell filling it out at this point in time. That's it. Uh if we get into are you good good to go ty because we did already touch on that part yeah there's not a Miami.
2: lot yeah i agree
0: yeah like bass isn't going to be a dominant closer if you're in a saves only league like, Yes, guess
2: that's the guy to start with i yeah. will say this like i like it is no knock on anthony bass he like he's a very good major league reliever i think he's a very bad major league closer so like that's my personal opinion is that he's going to be in some leverage situations and and I've said this to you a hundred times outside of fantasy. Just after watching Russell Martin catch for the Jays for years, like fastballs on the outside corner, when you throw them enough times, team just shoots at right field. And I think Anthony Bass is going to experience that. So unless he all of a sudden changes his pitch mix completely, I'm very concerned for him uh, as the closer. So like I'm I'm okay. running the opposite direction of Anthony Bass myself, and I I don't disagree.
0: Like I don't see him as a closer type last year. I did not see Brandon Kinsler as a closer type. Kinsler was able to beat peripherals, you know, beat advanced stats and get 12 saves. Um, Good for him. Now he's in Philly. I'm hoping he can do something similar. Mm -hmm. And um, since the Philly episode has come out, Jojo Romero has been sent down and it looks like Jose Alvarado is the only lefty in the pen. So whereas when we recorded, we were talking with Ellen Adair about the possibility of three lefties. It looks like it's just Alvarado. So, I don't think he's going to end up with those save opportunities, but it doesn't mean he can't still end up with a ton of K's and a ton of holds, depending on your format. That might make him, you know, not, not willing to roster or it might make him even more valuable because teams are going to think, Oh, now he's not going to do what he needs to do. And in points formats, he can still easily get you four and a half points per uh, game. He plays, which could still be in excess of 60. So it doesn't mean he can't still be a useful guy. Anyway, uh, bench here. Jesus Sanchez is one of the bench guys injured right now with, uh, Miami and then, uh, some less notable dudes. But when we get into prospect here, <clears throat> man, it's, it's not bountiful here skipping over catcher. Cause I don't see the pipeline offering, you know, the obvious kind of candidate we can let, we can let the season start to play out and see who, what comes of some of these guys, but at first base, we've got a pretty interesting guy that we've been speaking highly of um, for the at least the entire offseason, if not yeah. longer. And Lou Diaz at first base uh, came over from Minnesota in the Sergio Romo deal. And this is the guy that we want to see. Right. We have another Diaz, a son Diaz future second base shortstop. And he was sent down. So that's what he's going to be working on. Um This year, uh, d- defense, offense, whatever it is they want him to work on, Chisholm's going to do it in the show, and Diaz is going to do it at the alt site. So, And can we just
2: give uh, Gauvier a quick shout-out on getting Isak Paredes correct? Yes, um, yes, the Detroit episode. Yeah, we were very uncertain. It's a fun name. We were going with it regardless, but he was, in fact, correct with Isak Paredes. So Which is, even is it safe to say it's Isan yes i think i think and i i actually okay. believe that's actually how you say it okay so you saw yeah so let's and i mean i, I would that, love to see take that letter i <laughs> right I would, <laughs> I would i would like to see federico polanco make it to the major leagues that's just an excellent name 20 year old um was included in trade with the mets uh in the off season so it's just a great baseball name that i would like to see succeed uh robbie you want to kick us into the the next tier here, three yeah, third base. It's it's short. They've got an indie ball guy, which is cool.
0: Um, Damek Tomschka, Tomshka, 29-year-old. So, you know, whatever. But Nick Reddy was the guy that I was, you know, what was he 23rd round pick in 19, but came on. Looks like he might be the guy because the third base situation in Miami is nothing, is empty. Uh, then you get into shortstop. This is obviously where everybody's got a few more uh bullets in the chamber. We've got Jose Devers, who we were discussing before we came on. Did, did you check to see if that was, in fact, the Stanton trade? Uh, it was a
2: trade, I think. It was so. with
0: New York. I so guess I checked. That's okay. It Make, makes sense that that would be the guy. Uh, Yidi Cappé, who's an 18-year-old who came over from Cuba. I would just like to reference everyone on Yidi Cappé to Alejandro Kirk's Ascension. Um, we were on the Clubhouse app earlier tonight. Uh, Ty was participating. I was listening in to some blue Jays preseason talk with some sports Sportsnet net analysts. And one of the things they talked about was, you know, the original deal with Kirk was they were in Mexico scouting a different player. And the Jays were like, who's this catcher? Who's smacking the ball all over the place. And then, you know, he was signed as an 18 year old. So Eddie Cape was supposed to sign last summer when he would have been, I think, late 17 turning 18, so now more time, of course, has passed. So he looks to be a little older, but don't sleep on that age factor. The fact that he's not, you know, at the head of that J2 class has more to do with the fact that he waited to get a few more dollars than anything else. And there are some more um, second round picks, you know, Na- uh, Nazem Nunez from 19. They've got second round pick in 18. Uh Oseris Johnson, 20 year old and. That's what you're going to have to look at in Miami for development. But again, we need games. We need to know what's going on. Now let's get to the fun part, Ty. The outfield in Miami. So, J.J. Bladé I believe, is the highest ceiling. Immediately. And, like, just a a horse's hair behind him is Peyton Burdick. Uh, Both were in camp this year. Both got sent down, of course. Then you've got... Uh, Monte Harrison, you've got, uh, where's the guy I'm I'm looking at here? Cameron Meissner is another one. Then you've got Griffin Conine if you want power and strikeout concern, but that's okay. That was the VR trade. I believe you've got Victor Mesa who's further back. You've got Victor, Victor Mesa, (laughs) who I think this might be the year that we see him jump up for the sake of getting him going, get like, get, get rolling on that Victor Mesa train. uh, And that allows you to, you know, delay Blade, delay Peyton Burdick a little bit uh, I don't want to be too severe on well on, and, uh, Victor Victor Mesa he, he could be a better it, pro player than he has been in a minor league so but it's Sorry.
2: a good point to make though like as an international guy too like he, they've spent some money there um right versus his brother some fruit well versus his brother uh who's a lot younger um so I think Victor Victor will get pushed this year and I think it's exactly, hit put the nail on the head. Like they don't want to start the clock on the rest. Monte Harrison should be there as well. This year he plays good defense, great arm. Like I think you're going to see both of those guys at some point this year when the eventually injury and trade happen that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> right. And
0: and that's a, a good thing. Like the, the outfield's great. Like I love it as a as a point of strength for them as well. Like if, they, if the pitching's holding up, it puts them in a great position to trade from that, depth and get something that they feel they need and that in this day and age trading one of those guys would mean a major P like a good veteran coming back to them it, it, it has more um more Puebos than it would have in previous seasons like you could run a little bit more for that um quick interruption here on my draft here Ty. so what are you thinking here uh the outfield's a little thin for me so i'm thinking either uh, verdugo or do i take a chance on like Carlos Correa? I'm at pick 115. You don't have a shortstop yet? No, Marcus Simeon's
2: also available. Gimme Correa in a contract year for days.
0: Yeah, that's okay. That outfield's that outfield I mean, I'll if there's a the kind of guy that on.
2: plays for money, like Gimme Correa, like he just feels like a show me the money kind of guy. I've got the in
0: I got the infield I wanted. Alec Baum, Glaber Torres, Manny Machado, Carlos Correa. It's it's yeah. the corner in the middle that I'm gonna do some work on, and of course, four more outfielders, but you're no one's gonna be able to contend with my garrett cole clayton kershaw glass now strasburg anderson uh, Wish that's miami good, had that pretty good but answer. yeah so far so good right this is what happens when you're a gamer <laughs> and, so, and
2: you do drafts during the middle of the podcast during the, <laughs> <laughs> i
0: apologize before we started recording the only uh, other
2: guy of note is yep. uh gerard and who came over also right. in the giancarlo trade like it was a bit of a shot in the bucket. Like it's more of a power. Let's see if the hit tool develops kind of guy Uh, hasn't yet. So it'll be interesting to see his pro games this year. You're starting to see uh, a little bit of that power develop in 19. He had 16 home runs uh, across two levels, but did struggle a little bit in the short stint in high eight in 19. So it would be interesting to see the uh, suggested projections for him or not positive right now but I think you know a year off with nobody knowing what they're doing really tough to say uh a guy at high a is gonna all of a sudden drop a third of his batting average so I don't I don't see that happening um that's like a whole let's rework his swing situation and that's not going to happen but his 2019 numbers were strong so like I I think you're gonna see some progression here the power was coming the at-bats were there so I, they they see it coming obviously or they wouldn't give him the at- bats so I, I think he's a guy that if you're looking for a bargain bin shop, like that might be your guy uh, in this system. Well, you know, that's my preferred way to shop. Yeah, you probably own them already. <laughs> I, don't, let's, I don't actually. Let's, oddly let's, enough. Just, let's just touch on Peyton Burdick really quickly because I don't Please. think anybody like really truly appreciates what Burdick is. Yep. Uh, and I think he's not on very many people's radars. Like this guy has real power. Not as it, a huge ceiling, like not a superstar. I, I haven't
0: heard the... Peyton Burdick could be a stud, like, you know, like we haven't seen out of Miami since Yelich, right? Like that, that could be Peyton Burdick to me.
2: Yeah. I I think he's very, very, very good. Like if you look at the peripherals, they say he's very good. Uh, His OPS in two or in 2019 was basically, and I'm going to ballpark it here, given the at-bats, like we're, we're in, I don't even know. Now, now I'm trying to do math on the fly and that's dangerous. So we are doing math on the fly. I'm drafting while we're recording. What yeah, somebody really night. needs to talk. Yeah. Like somebody, what needs to <laughs> but basically you're in the 950 territory for an OPS, right. In, in his first pro season, right. It's a college bat. You know, we love college bats. Walk percentage is reasonable. Uh, 11% K K rates just around 20. Right. So there's lots of like here with a good bat bit total. Like I, I love guys with consistent bat bit totals because that means they're making good contact, but 11 home runs in 19 in, in just about 300 at bats. So, you know, we're looking at a 20, 20 to 30 home run kind of bat. And I think the one thing with Peyton Burdick that I think is the reason most people are sleeping on him. Everyone thinks the power is going to be there. Uh, the The hit tool is the one that I think is extremely underrated. And I think that's where he's going to shine through because like, if you look at his scouting reports, like they've got him currently at 30 high end 45. And I think it's a 55 tool. And I think that's the difference between um, Bladé and Burdick is everyone has Bladé higher right now. But if you add that hit tool to Burdick, like he might be a better prospect than Bladé, and that's saying a lot. Yeah, I, I do agree. I think we probably did this when we covered
0: Miami um, or when we talked about the outfield prospects, We probably led into that, but uh, I think it's an important point now to hammer home when teams are just trying to get themselves, you know, that first week or two of the season owners who have been really tentative owners who maybe if your league didn't play last year, didn't want to move anybody. Well, now they're realizing that they're going to need to make some moves. He's a great target. Yeah. You know, like if we were to throw together a top 10 targets for this season episode early in April, I bet you he would make it. And if he doesn't, it's simply because so many wonky things have happened since the season started that it's more or less been um, MLB guys that now have value that didn't before. But he's he's one of those guys for me where I'm looking at the teams that own him in my dynasties and wondering where I might be able to fit him in. So.
2: Pitching side here. Oh, oh! somebody's on the clock. Focus, what, focus. Marcus Simeon's still sitting there? So oh. the pitching prospects, the aforementioned Sixto Sanchez is a guy that we obviously are noting. He's a major leaguer. He doesn't really belong here, but technically that's where they've slotted him. The notable names after that, you're talking uh, Nick Nader, who came over from Seattle. Rob's probably knows that trade off the top of his head because he knows everything <laughs> Seattle. Um, <laughs> Edward Cabrera, uh, free agent you know, of the Dominican in 15. This is, again, one of those long to develop 16 year olds, right? But Edward Cabrera is a guy. He's a guy you need to know about. If you don't know about him, um, you should. Uh, we're probably going to see Edward Cabrera this year.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: So, like, I yeah. think, you know, he's going to be part of a semi six man rotation here in Miami. Uh, You've got some guys that could be relevant. Braxton Garrett is a guy uh, that might be relevant this year. Could finally be time for Braxton Garrett to,
0: you know, settle in. I mean, we've already said what, eight guys? Like eight legitimate starting pitcher options here. What a good problem to have for Miami.
2: Well, and, and this is, you know, the good organizations are heavy in pitching because they know they can deal from it, right? You know, we talk about Cleveland all the time. They, they do a great job of building up pitcher depth and it gives them the chance to experiment because if they don't like them, they can trade them. And that's what they continue to do to acquire good talent. So uh, there's lots of guys here. Robbie, do you want to touch on the last couple of flyers in the, the upper end of this team? Yeah, sure. So I'll go with a few guys that just entered the system. Second and fourth round picks in
0: last year's draft. So Dax Fulton is a guy that was second round pick, 40th overall. I was pretty happy with him and looking forward to seeing him in the organization this year. Uh Jack Etter is another one, fourth round pick last year. Kyle Nichols was a second round pick as well last year. Uh, 61st overall. And Miami went with a lot of arms. And here's the other one: Max Meyer, third overall. Uh, we know our our boy. Um why am I Mason? Thank you. Thank you for forgetting <laughs> Mason's name. I did not uh, know our, where you're going with that. Yeah, I know, sorry. I, I couldn't. Our not help boy, you. Our boy Mason is loving Meyer in Miami. And I think people have caught on really quick. So it's, it's not the shock trade or sorry, the, the shock draft pick that it once was. So I think this is a really good spot for him to be. And then we can like, just go through. They, they've they got a slew of failed starters in that bullpen uh, for that depth.
2: Yeah. Before we move off on of Max Meyer, the one thing, and and I think they're going to be aggressive with his assignment is if they are, like if he does start at double A, and I don't know if they've announced that yet, Rob, do you know? I have not seen that, but I think that has
0: more to do with the fact they probably don't need to assign guys yet.
2: Yeah. So, so I haven't I seen it in right The The thing I'm looking for is I don't think he's going to be lo- like rookie ball. So, I mean, I don't know that he's far enough back in development to be in single A. So if he gets slotted at double A, he is going to get shelled. And if like just to start the season so he fits into that go get him at that point territory don't go get him now wait till he gives up some dingers at pro ball, and then you go get him that's that's what I'd be looking for, is I'm waiting for that timeline and and that's really the the comment I wanted to make there. I like
0: that idea if he has a rough start in pro ball then. You can get onto that train. Okay, There's well, that's
2: good. No no better time to rattle uh, an owner's fence is when he just spent an early pick and you can give him something safer. Well, as a multi- multiple um,
0: ha- Hassam Kim owner, things in spring training did not go well. And, I tried to tell you this for the record. Well, yeah, you did. But what has happened is, in my mind, the, the problem he has is the organization he's in. And he made the choice. He wanted to go to San Diego. He, he chose San Diego over other teams There are rumors, you know, it could have been anybody. Right. But he's now in, in a situation where he's going to be getting some outfield reps. He's going to be at second base. Like he doesn't get to just be a good defensive shortstop or shortstop second base and figure out MLB pitching. He now is probably working on new positions, new ballparks, like a million things that could really trip him up. And I have some concern because he doesn't get to do that in triple a, he has to do that in the show on a team that is trying to beat the defending world series champs. And it's going to be stressful. Now we saw Shohei Otani in 18, have a terrible spring and then come out gangbusters. Let's hope that that's what's going on here. But I mean, you know, you can't just say, Oh, this is, was an Asian player who struggled. And so, so another one does it, it's going to be fine. But anyway, let's move off that. Cause it depresses me uh, <laughs> over under on the Marlins. I'm just going to put him at, at 81 and a half. Do you think this is a 500 team? No under
2: for sure. Okay. Without a doubt in my mind. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm going to put it. I'm going to put them at 74. Okay.
0: I will give them 84 wins. I believe they are a much better team than everyone is giving them credit for. And that's fine. Uh They can get by with good health and that's what they're going to need in order to make it. You could say that about a lot of teams. The next team we're going to transition to is in a similar situation. Uh, they're surprising in a division that is good. That's Kansas city Royals.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm optimistic about Kansas city. Like I, I think that's not that, like it hurt you a bit to say that it did. <laughs> it did because like, they're just not flashy, right? Like that's right. the thing. And it's, uh, and, and to be fair, they want a world series, not being flashy. Right. So you know, they've got a formula and I think they're the, f- they were, and then they quickly moved off of it. They went all speed all the time. That didn't work. Um, and they right. went back to a baseball lineup instead. <clears throat> um, and so this team's got some great players. The The biggest concern I have for this organization is their love for Whit Merrifield and not because Whit Merrifield's bad by any means. It's because like the core of this team is just aging and it's, they have this young pitching court coming and they have, all yeah, these they're old not guys. lining up. Right. Yeah. Like it's just a weird gap and it's all built around Whit Merrifield and it just, it's awkward. And I, I, I don't know how they're going to get through it, but that's a problem for another day. This lineup for sure uh, is, is custom made for the way I like it. Whit off the top going to throw in a lefty number two, Andrew Benatendi who hit there most of the spring. They obviously saw something they like here. I think they're going to give him the time. Uh, he's he's a good defender in the outfield, so I think there's a good fit there. Montessi is, is such a pair... Like, uh, I don't know what to do with Montessi, Yeah, right? Like, I could see Montessi one in Merrifield three, which I think is a smarter play. Um, I also see the value of Montessi behind those two guys because there's just a lot of things that can happen. Uh, so, like, I'm I'm good with either the... Like, Benettoni two... I'm good with the other two flipping. Do you feel differently, Robbie? I kind of like the idea which goes against the grain, but as a
0: fantasy owner, uh, I think when Mondesi's cold, he's hurting your lineup. So to have him up one, two, three hurts your lineup. So plop him in at six, much like the Jays did once upon a time with Tulo. When Tulo's doing well, you're scoring way more runs. So when Mondesi's doing well, if he's in six, he's got power. And he's going to steal bases and continue to run innings for you because he can get on base or get a single or a double and then move into scoring position if he's not already there. And that can help you to get runs out of the rest of your lineup as well. Now, what you would do in that scenario is you would need Carlos Santana to not suck. You would need Salvador Perez to do exactly what he did last year. And you would need the 2019 Jorge Soler to be there too so that you can bump all three of those slow guys up and have them be on second so that when you get a fast guy like Mondesi coming up, he's not stuck behind one of them. And that's probably why they're not going to do it. But that would be my pick because he's such a streaky guy that he can really sink you. At the same time, though, Ty, Benintendi can sink you too. So it's a risk
2: lineup off the top, and it's slow in the middle, and I love that back end. I just think Benintendi is going to have a huge bounce back here this year. Like the on-base percentage has always been there. So for a guy with plate discipline, we talked about this, like with Kevin Biggio in the second base episode, you know, this is the kind of guy that sees too many pitches to be brutal. Now, is he going to be an MVP? No, I don't think so. But could, and is he going to hit 30 home runs like they once thought in Boston? Probably not. But, you know, they had a guy named Alex Gordon who did a hell of a job being mediocre for a long time in Kansas City. And I think Benintendi is that kind of profile uh gritty plays good defense gets on base does the right things at the right time but i don't see how you slide monesty behind the train which the train is going to consist of in no specific order carlos santana uh salvador Perez, jorge solar the the most likely option here is is it's going to be perez santana solar so that you have the switch hitter in between the two of them gives you good flexibility makes the other manager have some awkwardness um hunter dozier's seems in all likelihood to get the bats. Um, oh, he, he signed the he signed like a four-year deal, like ex- extension. He's there. Yep, like, absolutely. He will be no later than 7th. But being and, there and getting at bats are not the same thing for the record. Okay. Right. I mean, that's there's there's examples of that, but this is where this lineup kind of falls off, right? Like you've got a handful of options here that could fall in the back. Michael A Taylor uh was signed in the offseason, which is crazy. I I really don't know what they were doing there. Like that outfield is just
0: a miss and it's not injury riddled. Um, You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's as if they were like, Hey, we're going to make all these, you know, Nikki Lopez did not make this roster. So there's a plus right there. Right. Well, like we talked about him not being major league, um, not being a major league hitter and he
2: didn't make it. But they – oh, man, that outfield. But I think the reality is, though, you're going to see Hans or Alberto take a lot of the games at second base. Like, I think when they cut Lopez, everybody assumed it would be wit coming into two-bag. I think they're going to run Alberto out there a lot more than people think, which allows you to keep Whitfield in that outfield. And that outfield right. gets a lot better the minute you do that, right? Yep. Like, Ben and Tenney yep. can still play center field, right? And they did pick up Edward Oliveras, who we'll talk about a little bit later. Um in the offseason, who could be a relevant guy here as well. But you have options. Solar is locked in as the DH, uh, Santana at one bag. He'll take some some DH bats. You might see Solaire in the outfield, so just to give some guys some rest, but um, not going to be his primary position. A guy that we both have liked for a while, Ryan McBroom is on, on the bench, right-handed bat, uh first base outfield kind of guy. 800 OPS to, type guy too. Sorry, sorry. It'd be interesting to see if they give him any um, opportunity at third. Because like, I'm pretty sure he came up through Toronto system as a third baseman. So I think it would be interesting to see if For they, McBroom? I believe so. I could be wrong. McBroom uh, was a Yankee. No, McBroom was was definitely a Blue Jay. 100%. He might I have think he stopped he was drafted. It. But yeah. I thought McBroom
0: had uh, almost aged out with the Yankees and then come over. No, was, he, was was J- definitely... he was drafted by the Jays, 100%. Well, yeah, I, I know he was drafted. I can see his signing team in 14, but whatever, it doesn't matter. I I thought he had, I thought he was the guy that had come over as a basher in the minors from the Yankees. So whatever.
2: Uh, yeah, he definitely stopped at the Yankees by the looks of it. It is, it is here. Um, so there was a pit stop there, but I, I I believe he started in Toronto as a third baseman. So I, I'm not entirely sure on that. Somebody fact-checked the crap out of us there, but this is a power back, <laughs> decent hit tool. Like the the speed kills him. So he's not really right. a relevant outfielder. He's a he's an outfielder when your other guys need a day off.
0: And their uh, park's too big for him to be able to- Correct. Be an, a legitimate outfield. I mean, you know, maybe he dropped a bunch of weight. Maybe he's pretty fast and we don't know that, but the eye test is not, yeah, yeah major <laughs> league outfielder.
2: Yeah, and I, and I couldn't agree more. It'll, it will be interesting to see what they do with him. Um, just a, a side note, um, there, but Gerard Dyson who still somehow is around, uh, as a guy that's just (laughs) filling, filling time. And then Kim Gallagher is the backup to Perez, a guy that got drafted a little bit because Perez has some injury history. And that's it. I I will get out of the way for this rotation, Robbie, because like, this is like your happy place. (laughs) It's not as happy as I want it to
0: be though, Ty, because they only got four listed, uh, as likely guys but wow. keller keller yeah. opening day love it mike minor good move to bring in the lefty brady singer happy he's up danny duffy crafty wiley vet you know whatever you want to call him um there you go ty just picked me up a little dd gregorius in the draft um, gregorius. and oh yeah oh i like that yeah. and it appears as though mr Irvin santana may be on this roster amazing amazing if that happens now that's not necessarily starter That's relief guy, and then we'll talk about Bubik and the rest of the clan when we get down there. But they're solid, and as you had said, the core is moving up. I I had said you know the KC six included Keller as the first guy of the six with the five others behind that we'll talk about. Or sorry, Singer is one of the those as well. Um, But but yeah, like we need the prospect guys that we'll talk about shortly to almost accelerate. And we did have the potential for that to happen with um, Bobby Huit, who we'll also discuss in a moment. So um, rotation, I don't have any concerns with. I think they're going to be fine. I think if they get some injuries, they might just have to press a little bit. I'm interested to know if Irvin Santana, who looks like he's on the cusp of making this team, by the time this comes out, it could be official. If Irvin Santana is just going to be matt harvey where you throw him in and he takes a couple starts and you hope like heck he doesn't blow up and have a 28 era or you put him in long relief and if you need to throw him in for three four innings he's there and willing to do it i mean he follows us on twitter at dingers pod uh, he follows you <laughs> at tourney boss and he follows me at robbie baseball one so, so he's a cool dude he's a you cool get a dude. mention
2: you get a mention <laughs> yeah you get a
0: mention like like we told him, um but For the bullpen, it's really straightforward. We talked about it a lot. It's going to be Holland and Stamon at the back. Barlow looking for that hold opportunity. Kyle Zimmer, Wade Davis, all looking for that hold opportunity. Then you've got other guys like Junis and Jesse Hahn. And uh, Jake Brents is the lone lefty in it. And then, like we said, Urban. So that is a little bit less uh, conducive to change. Because none of those guys are like elite 30 plus save hold guys, unless KC comes out rocking and winning close games early, which could very well happen, but it's not likely that we're going to see a lot of 30 plus opportunities from multiple of those guys. So, um, shooting into prospects here, Ty, uh, MJ Melendez is somebody who would have, could have, should have got a shot. And then the Salvi extension, kind of like we've seen with, um, uh, what predecessors of no, not predecessors, what do you call the guy that's supposed to take over for the legend? Uh, yeah, that word, whatever that yeah. word is. Um, that's what Melendez may have been once upon a thought of once upon a time. So he was a 17 round draft pick, um, Yeah, not going to, not going to happen anymore with Salvi kicking around for a long time. So the rest of the catchers are somewhat irrelevant to discuss for that exact reason. Now it doesn't mean they can't, can't be some guys that come up, have a nice cup of coffee, but we'll discuss them in season. First base is a little bit more interesting. Ryan O'Hearn, who is a lefty bat, wanted good things, just doesn't look like it's going to happen. But everybody remember 2017 draft, Nick Prado. He was like hyped up, going to be amazing superstar. And then, oh, my God, guy can't hit a ball. Contact skills suck. Uh, well, he had a really good camp. Good for you, Nick Prado. Back on the board, baby. You well, know, he, he's somebody think, who could come up. Yeah. I feel like
2: Joe Boo had some new rum.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is possible. Um, Nick, Nick Prado is back on the escalator of prospects to consider. Uh, moving to second base, uh, no, thank you is the nicest way to put it because you, you've got you got Nikki Lopez, who's going to block whoever would be next, but everybody else that's next is like a no investment from the team type guy. And also we need to know if there's anybody else that can slide away from shortstop to become those second basemen. go to third base. It's the same thing might be part of the reason why they signed, um, Dozier to that three-year deal. They just didn't see anything coming. We like Jimmy Govern a couple, what, two off seasons ago, we thought he had a shot and then we didn't get to see him. He's one of those college drafted guys from 19 that really needed a 2020 pro league to play in and he didn't get it. So we need to know if there is a chance for him because he, he's not owned in anything under 24 teams, probably not owned in anything under 30 teams because it's not worth it to have a 24 year old college guy who didn't get a stat line last year and was drafted in the 30th round. (laughs) like
2: yeah just a you know, potential sneaky guy that might find his way into some bad bats that's as simple as that
0: yeah like a team gets riddled with injuries and doesn't want to go and make the moves to fill the roster with um veterans yeah that's where he might come in so then you get to shorts up Lucius Fox traded over in Tampa last year he's kind of at the top of that depth chart we know we know Bobby Witt might come up we just don't know when so it would be awesome if the second round pick in 19 came up this year. If you would have started this year, that would have been great too. Let's also not forget Brady McConnell is right there as well. Not necessarily on the cusp, but he's in that same, you know, same era. Nick Lofton who was drafted last year. It's good. Good crew of shortstops. They've got here. Mm -hmm. Um, can they no play slip, other just,
2: positions though? Cause <laughs> right. Yeah. Who's going to be the
0: second baseman. Who's going to be the third baseman <laughs> of the Nick Lofton, McConnell, Bobby Witt uh, I, I, and potentially Fox.
2: I feel like this group is basically going to be the scenario that you had in the old schoolyard ball, where it's like, everyone runs out, claims the position before at the beginning of every inning. Like that's this group of guys in the shortstop crowd, right? It's very much a schoolyard setup. There, there's some great players here, including some international guys uh, you know, there's, there's some guys that haven't quite produced, but as you like to note, Robbie are, are were invited to camp this year, like Jason Guzman and, uh, 2015 guy out of the Dominican, mm-hmm. right? You know, lefty don't, bat. Yep. Yep. 22. And then some of the more recent guys, uh, Wilman Candelario and Omar Florentino. I took those for you, Robbie. So you didn't have to do that. Thank you. Um, and then 17-year-old uh, Daniel Vasquez uh, was this season's uh, signing for them. So lots of depth at the shortstop position. I feel like it's kind of copycat <clears throat> league, right? Um, you're seeing everybody take Cleveland's method of let's find shortstops and make them baseball players uh, is kind of in the new model. So you're going to see this in a lot of organizations. Don't get fooled, right? Like try to profile these guys. Like Bobby Wood Jr. is not a shortstop. Like at the major league level, it's just not right. They're going to carve him out to play second or third, might even see him in the outfield. So, those you that's just what you have to start to try to figure out in these lower depths. And then, if there is a guy that's going to be shortstop, then you want that guy to play shortstop. So, you know, just try to figure out, don't be unrealistic. If you're building a shortstop, um, minor league system, do not get lost in the fact that they say they're a shortstop in the minor leagues because that's not probably what they're going to be at the major league level if they get there.
0: Yeah. And, and here we'll go through the outfielders. You'll see the same thing. So I'm going to start at the other end with the furthest away, but kind of highest ceiling guy in the outfield system. That's Eric Pena, who was a 19 J two guy. Uh, that was, that was their big one. He's been hyped. So like, you know, we are, we are buzzing. What's going to happen with him. Then you've got like Juan Carlos uh, Negret, who was the 18 not the class of the year and whatever, but whatever. He was a, he was a good notable guy out of the 18 class. They had Tyler Gentry, who was a third rounder last year in the draft. Somebody that I think is, is got a shot, uh, college bat. So maybe he'll move quickly. And then you go up a little bit. Sully Matias, who is in camp. I believe Matias was not protected in the rule five and not selected in the rule five. Um, So you know, take from big, that what you want.
2: Big time power bat, though. Like yeah, just yeah, the, that, the hit that's a big. Yeah, is the question mark there? Yeah,
0: he can smoke the ball. He just needs to hit the ball. Um, and then when you get to the higher levers levels, sorry, we've got Nick Heath and uh, Edward Oliveras who are in the system, not necessarily prospects. Bubba Starling, same thing. And you know, Darian Blanco. If you want, if you want to be excited about that, a 28 year old guy, no, but but that's where it is with him. So the outfield sucks. Like. MLB sucks. MILB sucks. But when we get into more exciting things, the the pitchers. So Bubik was sent down. He should be up. He should get 20 starts this year. Jackson Cower is another guy, you know, hundred percent write him down, know the name, understand what's going on. That should be a guy. Carlos Hernandez is somebody who could, could come up in the meantime and get some time. He he has a bit of service time. Uh, Ronald Bilanas, who came from San Diego last, I think it was last year, it was 19 last year. Um, there's another guy that can come up and kind of just be, shoved shove some innings at if if you're looking for somebody who might do something chance adams is in a similar position foster griffin and well, then you get into chance lynch, is, not, is a tommy
2: john for the year so just oh
0: say. i'm sorry i'm sorry i forgot yeah. they were injured yeah thanks chance adams no thank you uh foster griffin no thank you but then you get into the the talented guys who, who need to be bolstered up here daniel lynch who is in camp is 24 uh will turn 25 i think at the end of the regular season uh asa lacy like it's good the the pitching situation here is good i like it Uh, i just drafted will smith for everybody who was excited to find out who my catcher was i went with him i love it great decisions and anyway everybody else is kind of further away ty sorry was
1: steven
2: woods junior not a rule five guy or did he get pulled away and then sent back good question i do not know the
0: answer off the top of my head and i feel a little silly We certainly talked about him. One name that I liked a lot a year and change ago was Wu young Jin, and out of Taiwan. And he's now 20 years old. He needed time last year. He didn't get it. So sleeper depth guy really far away. That might be one. And Ben Hernandez, second round pick last year, 19 year old. So that's a high school guy that you're going to try to, I don't know. He's going to be owned. I'm sure in most of your leagues, he's going to be owned. He was a, he was what top 40, 41 um, last year. So he's probably going to be owned. So you need to know that. And then, there's just a whole bunch of other guys who were drafted later in previous years, you know, in the, as bullpen, you know, Richard Lovelady, Newbery, Zuber, it's, it's just dudes, you know, it's just dudes at that point. So Casey has outfield issues and it seems like Ty depth everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they they might not do much this year because we've talked about that division, that central being tough, but they could also be a lot of fun. I mean, they need, Taylor to be better than he's ever been when he was a NAT. Uh, they need Kyle isabel to be better than he's ever been as a rookie, and that is a tall
2: order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree, and I, and I think the reality, if I'm in in the front office here, like this team is built for this next group of pitchers, and you have a team that you can you know siphon off some of these assets like Benintendi, I'm I'm going to hold honestly I'm going to hold Perez. You've just made it clear you're going to hold. But the rest of that team should be sent out, in my opinion, um, to to add to that depth, to make sure that next wave is ready. Um, that's what I'd be doing. That's what I would I'd be working every day because you're not going to compete in all likelihood with Minnesota or the White Sox with this roster. So you're probably a year or two away from that, at least. What? Let's see if you can advance it. That's that's what I'd be trying to do.
0: Fair. That's that's a good way. Good way to put it for these guys. They're not um they're not making me happy to to own but i am i am not at all afraid to dip my toe in on a few of these dudes and and the system for the outfielders needs ml or sorry milb games so we can really see what that depth is like really and truly because seeing now that it looks like kyle isabel or isbel is going to make the opening day roster yeah okay cool like i'm i'm not I'm not happy about that when the other options, Michael Taylor and Andrew Benintendi, who needs a bounce back of all bounce backs here. Like it could not, it, it is not an assured thing that they are going to have a lot of five run games because they might just die as you get further back in that order. And if Carlos Santana is, you know, Batista can't hit the fastball anymore. If that has happened for him, then that lineup needs an inflection infusion that it may not have yeah, in
2: that system. I
1: agree.
2: So So the over under for the Royals is set at 73 and a half. Where are you living? God? Why am I so optimistic? Like I
0: was thinking 78. I think they're going to do some beating up on people.
2: Yep. So I I was also on the over Um, I've been under, I think on everybody else we've covered and asked this question so far. Um, This is one I'm going to be over on. I'm thinking this is, I think they might get to 81. I'm gonna be oh, okay. Yeah, I think I think they're gonna be better. And I think it's gonna be partly because the White Sox aren't gonna be as good as people think. Um, and and that's part of the reason I think that's gonna be the case. And I think they're gonna win more games against Cleveland as well. So I think though I think Cleveland uh is is a little overvalued right now, and I and I feel the same way about the White Sox too. The White Sox are at 90 games over under, and the Indians are at 81 and a half. So um, you know, you look at those two totals. Cleveland could be below that. I, I think the White Sox are gonna be 86, 87. Um oh, I think it okay. all kind wow. of gets I think it all gets kind of smushed together. That's my expectation. Yeah, that, that can happen. I mean the NL Central has been doing that for a long time. So I, I think the twins win that division running away. That's my expectation. Well, if that's the case, I'm gonna to need to finish up with some twins in my draft here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that's a, a great spot to leave it. We've got, um, you know, we finished up with Kansas city and the other squad that we did before was the Marlins and we love barbecue sauce. That's the the takeaway. There you go. If you uh, learn nothing else,
0: Kansas city barbecue sauce with the acid base, not the mustard base uh,
2: mm. or the sugar base. I do like a mustard mm. base every now and then though, like uh, I'm, I'm not against your thoughts here, mm-hmm. but a good mustard barbecue sauce every now and then, is great you know what the worst barbecue sauce is none
0: uh white barbecue sauce what does
2: that even mean
0: how is that let's a thing? let's talk
2: about it on another episode okay but until then it's been rob and tyler on dingers